Welcome to episode 1164 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, April 17th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined today by Justin Mason. Justin, good day, sir. Good. It is afternoon. Good afternoon. That's How right. You That's right. I'm doing pretty well. Got a little baseball on, lasting longer than we thought because it is the uh, Marathon Day Patriots game um, that was delayed pretty badly you know, for a good long time. And the weather looks disgusting right now, too, while they are playing. So uh, it, it's fantasy folks, least, one of the least favorite days of the year, because while there is early baseball, it creates the lineup issue to where you have to have your lineup in so early. You on the West Coast, mm-hmm. like crazy early, because a lot of leagues lock everything, you know, just for that game, which, by the way, design flaw, fix that. But even in general, if it slips your mind or something and you have a Red Sox or an Angel that maybe you wanted to make a move with one way or the other, you might have woken up to some bad news. Every today. year. Every year. Every year it's a problem for me because I'm on the West Coast. And this year I was all like, I woke up at like 730 mm-hmm. after going to bed at like 3 and I was all like, okay, game starts at like 8 my time. I'm going to make sure everything's done. And then I got the news. Hey, it's delayed. I was like, oh, I've got some time, right? So, of course, at like 8.30, like half hour before they're actually going to start, I go to check and my lineup's fucking locked. And I'm because all like, the system locks it yeah. at the time that it's supposed to start. So I was, a- I was able to like, know. I was able to like go out to my like commissioner and be like, hey, dude, like game hasn't even started. It's fucking yeah. locked. Like, can, can you move Jose Suarez so I don't get Jose Suarez versus uh, the Yankees in my lineup this week, and uh, you're, you're uh, not dying the, for that. But one? then I forgot to like say like, oh, uh, can you also move Chris Sale out of my lineup? So Chris Sale's. Wait, what league is that? It is. Uh, you can't be benching Chris Sale. Yeah, dude, this is a good team. So it this better be is, really good. Um, uh, it is the Gotham Diamond Dynasty. It's a bunch of industry guys that okay. typically draft like the weekend of Tout Wars. In got New York, it. and yep. I got invited to it. Uh, Steve Cosolino, who yeah, won the auction I got invited. overall. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't take on the, the roster. I was, you know, I was like, I, I just don't know. I'm trying to keep things tight. Appreciate the in, the offer. I am interested, but I just can't. So, um, so your team must be pretty good though, because sitting Chris Sale, I understand the issues that Chris Sale's been having, but I think it's nuts that you're sitting Chris Sale. I mean, I'm not because I couldn't. Well, you're not anymore. Lineup, but that you but, like, wanted to, I think. I I had uh, I had options this week, which was like really really nice. It's a really, um, I I played the middle, which I like to do in auctions. So like mm-hmm. you know it's it's not like a boomer bust team. And like right now, my worst starting pitchers are like Trevor Rogers and um, uh, Jack Chris Flaherty, Sale. Chris Sale, and Jose Suarez, and a fifteen team okay. mix. Like that's my like that's I. I put in a nice. bid on like Taj Broad, Taj Bradley in that league, but like, yeah, I didn't care that I didn't get him because I was like, oh well, you know, like it, it's a it's a really really good team. Um, and we'll talk more about him soon. We're going to get into the week's uh, big pickups across deeper and shallow leagues. See where you were at with those guys, if you got anybody big. But let's talk some news real quick here. Let's start with the Yankees and. Unfortunately, kind of an annual thing, sometimes multiple times a year, and it's Giancarlo Stanton getting hurt and going to be out four to six weeks with an injury. And uh, Oswaldo Peraza, is, or wait, no, it's Oswaldo Cabrera, Oswald mm-hmm. Peraza, right? It's yes. Very confusing. But, uh, yeah, so Stanton's out four to six. 
when you're talking about Stanton, obviously that's part of what you're getting. That's, you know, that's part of why his price is where it's at. Um, he was playing pretty well so far this year, although sub 300 OBP kind of whack, but 269, 296, 558 with four homers. So he's playing well. Are you holding Stanton in a shallower format with a month to six weeks off? I don't think I am. Um, I should mention hamstring, by the way, for the injury. Yeah, I mean, and this is like a reoccurring thing with him, right? Like, is, uh, you know, the whole, like, he just has these soft tissue injuries that continuously recur. Uh, and, yeah, it says four to six weeks, but that could easily turn into, like, six to eight weeks. And Easy. I mean, there's so many injuries right now. I mean, we're just I know. decimated by injuries um, on a lot of our teams. And so, like, yeah, if I'm in a position where I can't – you're going to put him on my IL pretty easily. Yeah, I think he's a pretty easy drop for the most part. And I do find, at least with all these injuries, uh, waiver pools are pretty robust with hitting options at the very least. Mm-hmm. This is similar to last year. I think the major key, major reason for that, of course, is the NLDH, just adding 14 more aven- or 15 more avenues for playing time. Uh, but we've just seen more and more hitters be available these last last year plus makes it a lot easier so yeah if you're dealing with a situation where your il is already filled by some superstars and and topper uh, higher end guys i do think stanton becomes a cut in shallower formats 15 team nfbc style what about there seven ILs or seven reserves let's say you have one il let's say you have Verlander or Seager. Mm-hmm. So you have one spot taken. I'm giving you a very specific scenario. This is not me, by the way. I have Verlander and Seager, but I don't have Stan. I'm just saying you have one spot taken by one superstar. Do you stash a second guy of Stanton in a 15-team mixer? I think you do. Um, as long as we're not talking about like a daily lineups, right? In a daily lineups, like you need those bench spots to, to, real, to really churn, right? But even in like NFBC where you can like do the Friday switch. Like mm-hmm. I, I think you can get by. Um, I think so. You, I think you just have to like be really careful about like kind of the makeup of your bench and you can't be loaded up with a bunch of guys who are going to platoon. Cause it's going to leave you with like times in which like, you know, if you're going up, if, if one of your hitter, other hitter options going up against two lefties, he's going to sit both of those games. Now you're taking zeros, you know, two days out of, you know, three or, uh, yeah. you know, three days out of you know six in the week and stuff like that so uh, i think this is why like those really boring guys that play every day become so valuable in those formats because you're still getting stats uh every day and guys like that have upside you know it's something that i I get so annoying people talking about upside only through the view of young guys on the unknown it's what Andrew McCutcheon's doing right now baby like playing every day crushing it you know you know his return to the Pirates has been great and they haven't even had the furry convention yet if you know you know as far as that goes but he's got two homers three steals already you know Mm -hmm. we talk about the steals are probably gone from him he's been single digits for the last few years well hey he loves these new rules clearly because he's three for four at 298 average OBP through the roof at 426 18% walk rate and that's just one off the top of your head that you name there's plenty of veterans that that perform and yeah they're kind of boring 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 but then they can have a spike year they just have a jump year up and you get those guys that are consistent performers and a lot of like the best players that get talked about in like the NFBC world they are these boring drafter types they don't go for every big flavor mm-hmm. of the year and you know and i like some of some of these guys like that i'm about to name like you know jordan walker corbin carroll gunner henderson you can win doing that 
but I'm saying like, there's also plenty of success to be had and maybe even more success to be had in stockpiling the guys that aren't like that, that give you less volatility. And sometimes I think we justify doing moves because of the overall, like, oh, I got to go for the overall. I got to go for the big shot. It's like, you don't really have to do that. You do you, not have to. You know what player is leading right now? WRC plus in Major League Baseball. I don't. Give me like one clue. Uh, he plays third base. Very, very well. Very, very well. Nolan Arenado? No. Matt Chapman? Matt Chapman. Matt he's got, Chapman. He's got a 236 WRC plus. You could have got him super cheap this year. Uh, he's got three home runs, a stolen base, hit and it, 421, and only striking out 18.8%. Just about to say, if I recall, time. his Ks are way down with a corresponding swinging strike rate, strike rate yeah. dip. And of course, he's not going to hit 421. Matt Chapman's not going to hold a 500 BABIP. But if there's something there, and all of a sudden you're getting his 27 plus homers, he's had his 27 exactly the last two years. He's been as high as 36. What if you're getting that with a 260 average? That doesn't jump off the page, but you are planning for a 225 average from him. So it, it does become a big, big deal. He's currently time. got a 387 XBA. Like, he's getting lucky, but that. he's like he's deserved a lot of it. Yeah, things are falling when you have a 500 Babbitt, no matter how well you're hitting. Mm -hmm. But from a 386 XBA, 31% barrel rate. That's the thing. Matt Chapman is squaring up the ball and absolutely destroying it. So, yeah, don't be afraid to, to go for And I think Stanton qualified in this realm of what we're talking about this year, except for the fact that he doesn't have the, the games played piece. But he does have, like, the boring, consistent production for, like, when he plays. Of course, you have to plan for some time down. Unfortunately, it looks like you could be looking at upwards of two months here. Uh, Oswald Peraza is coming up to take his place. I, I like Peraza. I'm big on Peraza and Cabrera. Was getting them a bunch in draft champions season. And um, obviously Cabrera's been up from day one. Peraza comes back up now. How do you feel about Peraza and what, what kind of league type is he is he rosterable in right now? Had a little debut last year. Held his own for sure. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say the 146 WRC plus is who he is or anything. But power, a uh, little bit of pop. Has plenty of speed though. Do we think Peraza can be a game changer and where are you picking him up? Okay, so here's the thing. Like, I when I did my fab pickups with the league, I needed a lot of MI. You know, lost Seeger, uh, you know, lost other guys. Um, you know, Kyle Farmer was a guy I picked up in a lot of leagues last week that ended up having mm -hmm. a drop because of his injury. Uh, and so, and there were a lot of MI kind of guys available this week. Neto for me was number one. But yeah, Zach Neto. We'll get into Peraza, him. Or Peraza was number two for me. Like, he was above uh, Julian. Um, and I think it's because I think the floor is safer than a guy like, uh, while I like Julian's upside, if things all come together for him, he could be really, really interesting, but he could also lose his job really easily. Whereas the minors in two yeah. weeks, uh, through and, no fault of his own, by the way. Whereas I think Peraza, at least he's so good defensively. I think he's going to play a fair amount. Like, I think they're going to figure out ways to get him in the lineup. Um, you know, with Stan gone, that's one less person to kind of clog, uh, the DH, which, you know, an infielder infielder can then go to the DH. Yeah, uh, Mayu can up. get some burn there. Yeah. Um, Rizzo can get some burn there at DH so that they can get off their legs. 
and then um, Peraza can mix in and, and mix around, particularly the left side of the infield, maybe some second base as well. So, yeah, I really do like Peraza, and I think, you know, with the way we're seeing steals go crazy, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Peraza got on that train and he became a steal. got five in triple A. Five for six already in nine games, uh, 33 for 38 last year in triple A. Don't be surprised if 23-year-old Oswald and, Peraza is a steals guy. So, and as, teamers? Well, I was going to say, as much as Volpe – you know, is this top prospect? He's hitting 191 and striking out like almost 30 percent of the time. Like the, this the is a Yankees team that wants to win. Yes, he has seven stolen bases, which is fantastic for fantasy. Mm-hmm. You're loving that. Uh, hit a home run too, but it's bad like, slow. It should and the strikeouts should come down because he he's not swinging and missing a ton for Volpe. There are things that should improve. But to your point, you're just saying like he might not play every day now, right? Like yeah. they can mix in Peraza here, give Volpe a, a blow just to keep the pressure off of him a little Volpe bit. Volpe could get sent down too. Like I mean, That's definitely true. If he doesn't turn uh, and, and improve the 81 WRC+, plus, I agree with that as well, and then Peraza could take over. There, but even not, if he doesn't. There's not much in Volpe's profile that says he's going to turn around either. So like as much as like I really like him, I, you know, I kind of have some FOMO from not, you know, getting him in any redraft leagues mm-hmm. or just having him in dynasty leagues. Like, I don't know that there's a ton in the profile that says Volpe is going to turn it around anytime soon. I, I think Peraza could take that spot. I would love that for Peraza's sake. Not, not, I'm not a Volpe hater or anything. I'm just saying from Peraza's standpoint, if he got full time, I would love that. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't get him this week, was had focuses elsewhere, and we'll get to that when we get to the moves. But uh, I like Peraza, and I think he's 12 team viable. And yeah, could play himself him up, into ten team viability. I picked him up in a bunch of fifteens and a few twelves. Like I, I think he is twelve team viable. If you're in a very shallow league, watch list him. You might be looking mm-hmm. for Oswald Peraza later down the line. We got some pickups or uh, some call ups here. Let's actually move the guy up that you just talked about because you said that he was number one to Peraza as far as your middle infield pickups. Zach Neto coming up for the Angels, uh, their top prospect. A surprise call up because he made the jump from double A, and not only that, but he's drafted nine minutes ago, and yeah. so now here he is getting the call up. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, after getting called uh, after getting drafted last year, he has all of thirty seven games at double A, not even triple A, double A, but he's been so good there, and he was off to such a brilliant start. It, it literally a week though. That was enough. And they said, we need to make an impact. We need to be good. We need something that can come up and, and maybe turn turn the tide on things here. What do you think about Zach Neto? Like you said, he was your number one guy as far as middle infielder pickups. He led off today. The Angels are probably going to at least be committed to him for a, a decent period here to see if this works. I, I take it that you are quite interested in Zach Neto. Yeah. Uh, off the last two days, by the way, I should say. Uh, I mean, especially because he's leading off in front of like that top half of that Angels lineup that is so damn good. I mean, l- legitimately two of the best players to ever play the game, batting behind yeah. him in uh, in Trout and Otani. So, uh, I mean, I think there can be some growing pains. Uh, he doesn't have like the prettiest of swings, but he does make a lot of contact. He's got a good hit tool. I think in terms of like fantasy juice, he's probably – more of some of all the parts kind of guy than he is like got a carrying tool. But when you're leading off in, like I said, in front of two generational talents, that is a lot. The um, runs. Yeah. A lot of runs, enough power, enough stolen bases. Uh, I think he's got two hits today after starting like 0 and 8. So 
He did. Um, yep. Uh, Neto, two, two for four today so far. And uh, three homers, three steals. Or, excuse me, one one for four with a run scored. Um, but three homers, three steals in that first week. So, again, just blazing hot in that first week to where the Angels said, hey, come on up. And an 18% walk rate. Um, it was only 6% in the in the one month he had it at double uh, a last year so we don't know like where his walk rate is but if he's taking the walks that's a great way to score a bunch of runs because of who like you mentioned who is hitting directly behind him i'll be interested to see like how he sticks at shortstop because like i don't think he profiled as like a very good defensive player and he was always kind of projected to play second um long term so i'll be interested to see like does his defense hurt him at all but i mean they sent down David Fletcher is David kind Fletcher. Of like a like I mean he's never been like, like a star for them but like no he's but been that's like a, a mainstay on that roster when that's he's healthy, not the kind so. of guy you expect to get sent down I would mm-hmm. say the same of Cole Irvin right neither of them are stars but they're the kind of guys that you're just like that's they're glue guys they got, like they yeah, are like, right they're just solid major leaguers mm-hmm. and both got sent out and I found both to be pretty pretty jarring there where it's like okay okay you know especially fletcher he's even more established than irvin mm-hmm. but like wow okay those guys are getting sent I'll, out i'll tell you though irvin is a reminder you know for me like those of you who play in draft champion styles league like the reason why you don't take a bunch of shots on uh guys who are like not in the majors you know but you're like oh look at the upside when they come up and i've got plenty of pitchers right yeah i've got one league where like i had to start like griffin jacks and um patrick corbin uh, you're, just, you're toasted on i have, I have no arms. other pitchers i have like eight guys on the il and two minor leaguers and i was all like and i and i didn't draft risky like i didn't like i've got like I've only got nine healthy pitchers or like 10 healthy pitchers or something That's like that. Brutal. It's brutal. Like, and it happens so fast. It is April 17th. Yeah. We're, it's and not this is why we say, June or July. Like this is like, yeah. oh, and this is why we say don't pick injured guys because if you're already mm-hmm. bringing injury onto the roster, you're just asking to be in deep yeah. shit. And like you're saying, don't draft the the prospects that aren't in the league yet mm-hmm. either for the same exact reason because then you're going to have no freaking players to play yeah so you have to be careful with that uh but speaking of prospects this one you could this is one you know I, I, or no sorry the third one is one i'm i was more interested in drafting because i figured he'd be up quick if not breaking camp but let's talk about brian bale first because he debuted today um against the angels problem is and this sucks too for um uh for shohei he finally has a two-step, and the weather ruins it because he only not, ends up going two innings. Not just a two-step, but, like, Brian Bayo gets thrashed in the first inning. You're like, oh, easy win now. All he's got to do is go five, and I'm getting the yep. easy dub to start off my week. The weather. Getting, oh, my God. But let's talk about Bayo. Yeah, so that's Otani. Let's talk about Bayo coming up. He does indeed get thrashed. Um, I think he's also looking at a two-step, but it's not confirmed because they could give it to Sale on Sunday. They, they don't have a, like, Rotowire, when they do their probables, they bold the guys that are confirmed, and the Sunday one is not confirmed. But Bayo's currently in there, so he might get at Milwaukee. Uh, but where are you at on Bayo generally? And then I'll, I'll talk more about the specifics of Milwaukee and Cleveland, which are, which are possibly his next two outings. I mean, I like Bayo, but I think he's still a little bit raw. And, uh, you know, we saw it today where he just had a lot of trouble, like, commanding things inside the zone. Yeah. Uh, and 
just kind of worry about a guy like that. Like the strikeout upside is huge. We saw that today, right? Like, you know, five strikeouts and two and two thirds. Um, but I throw in the weather too, to like make it even worse, right? A guy who doesn't have command weather can just exacerbate that to the max. Yeah. So I gave up a lot of hits. I, Someone in my chat asked me, like, right before the game started, like, would you start Would you start Bale? And I was like, no, I would not be starting Bale, even oh, with good. the potential of a two-start. Uh, two uh, so, um, and they're already, they're still having mound problems, eighth inning. Yeah, they're, fi- they're fixing the mound right now here uh, in the bottom of the eighth. Like, it's, it's so nasty. It's such a nasty game. And so, again, I really do think that you factor that in, too, for somebody like Bale to where he was probably uh, not at his best because of, the weather making the his already mediocre control and command mm-hmm. look worse. Yeah, um, this right, stuff's so then, good though. I mean, I really yeah. like the stuff. So I, I do think he's a. I think he should be rostered in a fifteen team league. What about twelves? No. Is it a? Is it, a, is it the old? It's a stream. Should be on a roster, but not yours. Or is it a pure I don't stream? Even, I think he's a pure stream. I don't think. Okay. I think so I don't too. Think, I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's a guy that has to be on a roster. But I and think it looks like Bello, by the matchups. way. But it is oh, pronounced Bayo for those that don't yeah. know. No, it is it is Bayo. Oh, I, was, I, was like, I thought it was Bayo. It looks like Bello for people that are like, who the hell is Bayo? Uh, it's not Scott Bayo. Co- cousin Brian. of Jello, pronounced J O. Correct, correct. So um, let's talk about Brett Beatty. That's who I was suggesting. Like, if you took him in DCs, that one I understood a bit more. But even that's not a guarantee, right? So you know, you you have to be careful drafting prospects, but I thought he had a chance to break camp too. So those are the type of prospects that I'm more inclined to draft in DCs as opposed to the guys who we know, or, or at least the expectations like, Oh, they're not going to come up till the summer. It would have had to take something pretty bad for Beatty to not come up until the summer because most people thought he could break camp over Escobar. They gave Escobar a little shot. He's terrible. Beatty's up. He's not even available in main events right now. Like, if so, it's like a small number. Yeah, most it wasn't available held, in a single one of my leagues. Yeah, most most yeah. people held, uh, even twelves people were holding. I like Beatty quite a bit. He should get he should get pretty much full burn here, right? Occasional day off, just like standard stuff. But are you treating Beatty as somebody who's up and ready to rock and thus uh, shallow league viable as well? Yeah, someone asked me in my chat today, like, uh, where would he rank among like? other third baseman. Uh, I think he's probably already a top 12 guy. I was gonna, I was going to say 12 to 15. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I th- think the, the, the guys he asked me about were, uh, Josh young. And who's the other one? I can't remember who it was, but whoever it was, it was above Beatty. But I, I said, I think I'd take Beatty over Jung. Like, and I, li- I like, and I, I love like young, I, but I, I think that they're close. So let mm-hmm. me see where I last had, Young and that will tell you, because I I'll probably have them. I'll say neck and neck on them, and I have Young one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen fifteen. So right, like I said, twelve to fifteen, and then I, there's other moves there. Like I I have to update all the rankings and everything. So it's that twelve to fifteen range, which I do think brings Beatty into twelve teamers and maybe even some tens if you use a corner. Mm-hmm. If you use the standard lineup, which is uh, two cat. Well, who cares about the catchers? But first, second, third, corner, middle, five outfielder, uh, shortstop as well, of course, and and util. I think I think some tens are have Beatty viable. If it's the three outfielder, and the reason I bring up the outfielders is because some like third base eligibles could be put into the outfield or whatever. If it's the three outfielders and no corner, he's more fringe for Beatty. But if it's the standard li- ri- lineup, 
I think I would take a shot on Beatty. Yeah, I think I would too. I mean, the, um, the power is legitimate. I think the duel is going to be really, really good. It's yeah. in the middle of a, a pretty good Mets lineup. So, yeah, I, I like Beatty a lot. I'm glad they yep. brought him up. Go out and get him. And he had another. He had a colossal week, too. I talked about Neto's being insane. Beatty's was even more insane. There was that AAA for one. He was five homers, uh, two for four on the bases. So running a, a bunch, not terribly successful, but like the, the chances are interesting. And then he was hitting 400, 500, 886. That's pretty good. Quite I've, heard, that up. I've heard that's pretty good. Yeah, that checks out as pretty decent. So, yeah. Uh, with, with Nato, Bayo, and Beatty, those are all guys who were, who were getting picked up. Same with Peraza. But let's get into some other pickups here. Let's start with the guys that were mostly picked up in deep release. This doesn't mean, and I'm going to ask you what you think about them for shallow, but these were the most picked up guys in the deeper format, i.e. the main event, which is 15-team mixed um, with that standard lineup that I was telling you about. Let's talk about Brent Rooker. Now, people might know the name Brent Rooker. He is the same guy that you're thinking of who was bouncing around with the Twins a bit has a little bit of punch, but can never really find a spot, uh, goes out to Oakland where playing time is plentiful, and he's, he's cooking a bit. He has four homers in his first 10 games, 11% uh, walk rate, 18% K rate, but I do find that 18% K rate to be pretty fraudulent. His swinging strike rate is exactly where it's always been. In fact, it's a tick higher, like a, a, a few points higher, uh, when he put up a 32% K rate. So I think the batting average is coming down about 100 points. He's at 333 right now. I think he's more of a 230 type hitter. But with power and everyday playing time, that is 15 team viable. Was Brent Rooker somebody you were looking at for an outfield spot if you needed power this weekend? No, just because I kind of know who Brent Rooker is and he's a guy who... He doesn't know who you are. Oh, well, he should. He should know who I am. I agree. He should. Yeah. You're a good guy. Yeah. we're. I mean, we're both in the same area too, right? I'm like you know, 60 miles from, from, that's Oakland, right. So. He should, he should um, know everyone in that vicinity. Absolutely. Uh, it's like when you say, Oh yeah, yeah. I went to the, I went to the university of Texas. Do dude, you know, Jeff? I, yes, dude. I would get that like dead serious too. Oh, I had a friend who went there, Jim. Yeah, I know. I, I fucking know Jim, dude. You live in San Francisco. Do you know, Philip? Do you know, Phil? Oh, and then, uh, with the UT thing, it's like when they graduate, Oh, 1986. I was five. Okay. Yeah. So no, I don't, I don't know him. Thank you very much. But yeah, I agree with you. Like, we kind of know who Brent Roker is. The tough part about picking up guys like this is you usually, you, you've missed like the best part, right? The reason that yeah. they're picking, pick up a ball, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I think Here, again, here's, let, let me give the devil's advocate argument, right? Okay. Right, right. Um, on any other team in baseball, he would be a short side platoon guy. Cause that's what he's kind of been as correct. Career. On the A's, he's gonna play every day. He's their number three hitter. He's their number yeah. three hitter. And you look at their bench and you go, Tyler Wade's their only lefty on the bench. Yep. Like, and they're gonna platoon other guys before him. Like, until uh, Seth Brown comes back, which is gonna be like four to six weeks, like, mm -hmm. he's gonna play every day. Now, so and even that doesn't probably... necessarily take him out because Capel will just go back to the bench. He's not even playing all the time, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so, like, if you're looking for volume in a deeper league, yep. you're going to get it from Brett Rooker. Yes. I, I think the batting average could be, like, 230-something. That's what I'm um, saying, 100 points off of what he has yeah. right now. And so it could be, you know, generally what you would say, like, projection-wise, you would say that he hits 230 from here. But I think there's a world where he brings his current average down to 230, which means you're going to get quite a bit worse than that. 
like, from uh, here so, forward. Like, this is where he is at in the main. In the main, he went for as much as $135. I think the people who who did that will probably regret the 100 you know, they're $300, uh, triple-digit bids. Yes. Someone got him in the main for 3 bucks. That is the right that, number. That, I'm fine with that. Like, you know, like, Honestly, there, there's, a, there's a group here that got uh, Brent Rooker under... Uh, let's see here. Let me resort. Sorry, I, I lost my sort. All of these folks that got him for like 50 and under, that's yeah. where I'm at. If you had a bit of a bigger need and you went higher because you believe... You know, you were which is the vast that. majority of the bids. yes, and that yeah, that works. But uh, but the big but the big prices, I I I can't do it on Brent Rooker. Yeah, no, I can't either. And so especially because yeah, like you know what one of the most common names that was dropped for Brent Rooker, who Oscar Gonzalez. How have the mightiest oh, man. fallen? Oh man! So since okay, we love to, we love to talk about the old victory laps and whatnot. If they're being dropped, can you already take the victory lap? I think we can. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want to get burned. I don't, I don't no, want to get burned. I was, either, I was so not in on him. Yeah, it was and good. it's not even that I think I'm like, listen, you want a victory lap? Me, go look at my main team and you say, okay, well, you got Oscar Gonzalez, right? Too bad you didn't get anything else right, Spore. So I'm not even trying to act cool or whatever. And I'm also not preying on Gonzalez's downfall. He just wasn't a guy that struck me as somebody who was going to grow. I thought, I thought that last year was kind of the best that he could be. And, I don't have him as a minus seven WRC plus though. He will be better but than that. One of the problems with Oscar Gonzalez though was the exact same argument that people used to prop up Miles Straw last year, which was they don't have anybody else. Well, they figured things out, and every team will. Other right? guys, like, yeah. That only lasts until you don't have a negative seven WRC mm-hmm. plus, right? Like you can maybe you can maybe rock an eighty-five to ninety WRC plus for a while with the they don't have anybody else. But when you start putting up a minus seven, then it's all all bets are off, and all of a sudden you're going to yeah. only be playing against lefties, and that's where Oscar Gonzalez is at right mm-hmm. now. Jake Berger, an old an old buddy, uh, I say as somebody who really liked him last year, and still believe that he can be. Something pretty decent, but he's getting some more PT right now with Yohan Moncada out. We kind of know who he is, though. He might He's a bit of an infield Brent Rooker. In fact, he's got four homers as well. His K rate's already at the 30% that Rooker will eventually be at. But he also has a 350 average. Again, that's coming down 100 points. But uh, I like Berger right now while he's playing. What do you think of Jake Berger as a deep league pickup? I picked him up in a couple leagues, including the uh, the aforementioned uh, uh, GDD, uh, no, oh, GDD yeah. league that I had. Um, I, I've always liked Berger. He, he was kind of like the most snake bitten dude. Like yes. in, in recent memory, like it was kind of the Mitch Hanniger at third base, right? Like where he just kept getting hurt. Like he, he tore his Achilles and then when he was rehabbing, it tore his other one. Like, it's just like, like just That's awful, brutal. like awful, awful That's stuff. Brutal. But he was a first round pick. Like this is a guy with real talent and he's hit all the way through the minors He's going to have a high strikeout rate, but Yon Moncada can't stay healthy. Like, Yon Moncada's already on the IL, and he's also not that good. Though he was playing pretty well. He's playing better, and I I root for him. This is a guy, Moncada's a guy that I root for, despite my my feeling that, like, it's Why? not going to Why be great. Why do you root for him? Why do I root for him? I just think he's a cool player. I think you should root against him. Why? He got paid, like, $60 million. I don't... I don't begrudge him. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, don't care. I wish he I'm, could stay healthy. He had long I'm, I'm, COVID. I'm, 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 
I'm playing. I know you're. I know you're goofing around, but like yeah. he had a bout with long COVID. He's just Yomakata is a cool name, and so it's like I don't know. I, I just, that's that's it. It's not that deep. Yeah, with, with my my it reading is a cool of him. But I do like Berger, and I do think he can deliver homers and deep league power. So I do think he's certainly somebody to go get right now while he's playing. And I do think there's a world where if he plays well enough that he starts mixing in even when Moncada comes back. Now, the tough part is is the player, the spots that he can go then, the first, third DH, they're all going to be covered by an established veteran with Aloy Jimenez, Andrew. Well, Vaughn's not really Well, he's played some veteran. second base too. So That'd I mean... be huge. Um, though, huge, I mean, you Landon know, Sosa's the the second baseman right now. Yeah, so I mean, he he could probably play some second base. Uh, I mean, I guess he's probably not going to supplant Vaughn, but like no, Vaughn no, is, hasn't been healthy, Vaughn. like super healthy either. Yeah, so, and like, neither and Aloy just got off the IL, yeah. so it's like even when Moncada comes back, if Berger's playing well, it's not something that I would n- immediately move on from him. I would wait to see how things play out. Yeah, he was just a cheap option for me. Like I got him for like three bucks in a, in a couple leagues. We talked. Uh, we talked to Julian on Friday. He was he had a whatever weekend. Like he hit a homer. He, he batted at the top of the order. But you keyed in on something I wanted to circle back on him for, and that's the only reason we're bringing him back up. He was a big pickup over the weekend. I don't know how long he's gonna last. Polanco, yeah. Kirilov, and I think even Gallo are all on rehab right now. Mm-hmm. So, what does that do for what? What does that do for uh, if he's if he's not hitting? And I mean, when I say not hitting, that does not include walking because we know he can walk and walk a ton. But he's hitting like one ninety right now. Um, and if he's if he doesn't turn it around quickly, then he's going to be back in the minor leagues. And so, like one of the reasons I went with Peraza over Julian was just because uh, I was afraid that the downside was not on a major league roster where I think Peraza Peraza at least got the amount of time that Stanton is on, you know, on the IL, which, you know, four to six weeks, maybe even longer. Peraza Uh, has more fantasy juice too. Uh, you think Julian will run as much? I know he's run, but like, no, I don't think Peraza can be 30 steel. I I think, I think Julian has more power. That's Um, fair. I agree with that. Um, and like a, just a, dynamic walk rate so like he could potentially lead off um or be like uh you know high up in the order in minnesota whereas i, I don't think Peraz is ever getting above like Bottom six third. or seven yep. yeah so Fully um, agree there. so i think in that sense i think julian has reasons in the plus column to like him a lot but if you can't hit, if he can't make the kind of contact he needs to at least pull like a 250 260 batting average think they're just going to go right back to Polanco once Polanco's healthy. That's the thing. Polanco will play. So th- there's no way Polanco's sitting. So then you're looking for Julian to play where? The outfield and then is he a battle in a battle with Larnock? Well, and here's um, one of one of the one of the issues with Julian is he's not a good defensive player anywhere. Like he's Exactly. Just, you know, we t- we did talk about this last week where like he's kind of Daniel Murphy-esque in terms of like not having a defensive home um and yeah and especially when gallo comes back or or kirloff especially because kirloff like should not ever play the field like he should they should bubble wrap him (laughs) only take the bubble wrap off for at bats and then put him back in bubble and put him right back in the bubble now um like you know like some players wear the glove on their hands so that way when they're sliding yes um, he should have a whole body one he should have a whole body glove 
I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I, I haven't seen Julian. Julian's played some first in the minors, but not this year. I mean, he was in the minors for five minutes. Aren't so. they playing like but Donovan Solano right now? And that's what I was so. going to say. But Kirilov and Gallo both play first. So, again, even that's the thing. The pressure's kind of on Julian. So, hopefully you didn't spend too much on him. If he's still available, keep keep the keep the prices in check. It's such a because weird I think it could be a quick departure. It's such a weirdly constructed team. It because is. like their defense like in the outfield is amazing and Correa is a good defensive player at short, but the rest of their infield defensively is like bad. Like Correct. Miranda is not good at third base yeah. and you know, and Polanco's not really good anywhere, and Julian's no. not really good anywhere. Donovan Solano playing first is weird. Like, it's, it's such a weirdly constructed. That's out of necessity. Yeah. No, I, t- I totally agree with that, and that's what uh, that's what makes Julian a tough one right now because there just aren't a lot of spots for him to finagle playing time. So he really needs to hit the ground running, or I think he'll end up back in the minors. Yeah. Let's talk about my boy Rodolfo Castro. <laughs> There's nothing worse than having to buy back a guy that you drafted, but I did draft him and cut him. Now with the O'Neill Cruz injury, of course, his playing time opens back up. He's been basically taking over directly for Cruz, played most mostly short, occasional third base. Gets a trip to Coors this week, um, that which is the most appealing part of, of of everything for him and the fact that he's playing consistently. So I picked up Castro. What do you think of Castro? Second and third, by the way. So you get the corner middle as far as a uh, – uh, deep league play, Rodolfo Castro. I mean, talk about a guy with fantasy juice in just a question of whether or not he's going to make enough contact yeah. to unlock it, right? We know there's power like in that profile. Um, he's eligible at second, third, which you love getting that CIMI kind of split. That's uh, huge. And Carlos Estevez is going to blow this he fucking game. gagging right oh now. Oh, my God. Um, wow. Wow. I picked a Quieta. Is that how you say it? Quieta. Quieta. I was in on a couple leagues. I was in on Estevez before the season, and I got him in draft champion season. So if you if you join me on that train, I'm sorry that we are uh, we are going to derail. It's it's not looking yeah. great there. Yes, but at least yeah. I, I didn't recommend him blindly and not take it with you. And I, I I do think that there is something to that, right? If you're highly recommending a guy and then he flops and then you don't have him anywhere, it's like, well, why were you recommending him? Listen, don't worry. Wh- when the ship goes down, we are often the ones capping uh, it. Yeah, we are right there. If there's any comfort to that, don't worry. I'm, I'm going with you. But yeah, I agree with you on Castro. There's juice there. He's playing. Now he's in Colorado. So even as a short term, like I, if you lost Seager, I wouldn't even mind just taking Castro for this first series. Just to get yeah. him in Coors in a shallower format, and then if you want to make a move from there, sure. But like, take him in, in Coors and see what's up. Um, yeah. All right, let's get into the pitchers. Taj Bradley was the big pickup, and I can't believe it, Justin, but I actually got him, and I didn't have to go super bananas for it. I got him at 186, and the coolest part about it for me was it was literally a last second. The clock said 8:59. The bids lock at nine. And I moved him from 177 to 186. Just thinking, oh, I'm going to go a little bit higher. I thought for sure I wasn't going to get him. I thought he'd go over 200 pretty much everywhere. But then I ended up getting him. I feel pretty good about it. Um, I know you're not big on spending huge on guys, you know, 300 plus type deal. This is a big one too. So if you don't like it, you can tell me. I'm not going to have my feelings hurt. But what do you think about uh, what, what do you think about the Bradley bids after seeing them? Because I know we talked about him on Friday, so we don't have to talk too much about his his skills. Yeah, I mean, the skills are great. Like, I, I I mean, I love him. 
I just can't rationalize spending that kind of money. And I mean, you weren't nearly the big bidders. I mean, he went for 331 in my league. Uh, you know, our uh, our good friend Eno Saris uh, over at the Athletics bet 350 on him. And I mean, when Eno buys a pitcher like that, like like it tells you like he's he's a really good pitcher. I still think it's a bad decision to spend that percentage of your fab. Out of a thousand, um, by the way, for that. Out of a thousand, on. yeah. This early in the season. Like it's just especially on a guy who I love his skills. Skills are great, right? Mm-hmm. He's still in the race. Yeah. And the Rays like mess around with your young guys. They baby their young guys. So like he's probably gonna be a five and dive guy a lot of the time, which means it's gonna be quite a few starts where he's not going to qualify for a win. I put in like 20, 30, you know, $40 bids on him. Thankfully, there were none of those. And a lot of times there is. So it's always worth putting a bid in. And you'll learn in the main event, like you can go review where guys go everywhere. And sometimes you'll see these bids and you're like, I want to be in that league where the star of the week goes for like $32 or some crap. So it's worth putting them in. Obviously, you you pretty much knew you weren't going to get them, but you never know if you're going to get lucky. The lowest was 99. My friend was actually in that league, and I don't think he really needed pitching, so that's why he didn't even put like a low triple digits in. But, yeah, that's the only one, and Estevez does get out of it with a Ref Schneider strikeout and then a Yoshida pop-up. So Estevez uh, lives, and uh, I'm I'm right behind you. So oh, sorry, I blew it for you. But yeah, he did he did survive there. Otani no win, Bayo you know blows it early. You're figuring an easy Otani win in a two step, and you can't even get that. Um, you know, I was really excited by the thoughts. There was some rumoring yesterday, and like Rotowire had put it in their pitching chart that Bradley was going to uh, follow Beaks today, and I'm like. If they put him in the followers role, then he becomes then, really. Then really I just stole. But no, they're, they're going to let him start. Uh, this is something that Jeff Erickson brought up, and I, I, I totally agree with it as far as being something that could really be nice here. Are you heartened by the fact that Bradley threw 166 in, or 133 innings last year in terms of having the innings managed? Because that's a pretty good workload. He's not on this double digit to where he can't make a jump this year. I mean, that, that helps a little bit for sure. I just they just play things so conservatively, especially with their sure. young kind of uh, potential stud guys. Uh, but what an embarrassment of riches the Rays have. Like, just I know. Unreal. They lose like, springs, and then Bradley just comes back up. Yeah. What, give me an innings total from here on out for Bradley. Uh, from here on out? Yeah, so minus, I mean, whatever number you have, minus five. Cause he's um, five. I'm going to say 140. Okay. I would. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I'd be fine getting 140 innings from here forward of Taj Bradley. I think that would be good enough quality for what I paid. I pay, I paid big. I'm also terrible. My team sucks right now. He's not going to save my team. I understand that. That's not, that's not really why I put it. I would have put that pretty much no matter what. But there is a little extra of like, well, let's see what I can do here. Maybe I, maybe I amped it up that little extra. Well, I think I could get, I think too, like you're in a position where like your team is really struggling. And so like, you need to make a move. Like you, I I made some big moves this weekend. Yeah. I got Castro as well. I, I took the stash on Bailey Ober just because the pitching is so scant on the market. If I can get somebody of his quality who could maybe come up and, and be a part of that rotation doesn't have a spot right now, but, that is not the healthiest rotation ever. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in a in a different position where like my teams are also good, 
Okay. That I don't Let's need a guy on. like to spend on a guy like that. You are tempting the yeah. I, I really am. Gods and... Knock on some wood over here. And, and... <laughs> oh man, you are really tempting them. You know, this is a guy that I was really interested in, but because I ended up getting Bradley and then Ober, I didn't get Griffin Canny. That's who I was really thinking I was going to get based on where my bids were and everything. I was like, oh, I'm probably going to end up with him because Bradley's going to go for like 250 plus. Um, so I missed out on Canning. I'm not mad about it. I could have put him uh, higher than Ober. Ober was my second highest bid, and Canning was, or no, Canning was my second. But um, it was in the Bradley chain. So I, once I got Bradley, I didn't get Canning. What do you think about Griffin Canning here? He's been not, highly skilled in the time that we've seen him. Um, it is just a 448 Sierra in the 94 innings since, uh, or excuse me, 214 innings. I was looking at his velo in the 214 innings spread out over the last four seasons, but there's real talent there. 15% strikeout minus walk is pretty good. 13% swing strike rate is really good. Are you a believer in Griffin Canning and was he somebody you were eyeing this week? Um, he was definitely someone I had in my bid list a little bit lower. I, I just don't trust the health. Um, but let me take you back. Let's go back to 2019. Yes. And oh, so last five seasons. I said four seasons, but he missed 2022. Yeah. And but we, we're we're in Arizona. It's the fall. The 2019 season's over. You're setting the scene. And the talk of Arizona Fall League Conference uh, for the first pitch Arizona Conference is Griffin Can. Yep. He is the dude. Nick Pollock of PitcherList.com yep. does a whole panel just on how much he loves Griffin Canning. And this um, was coming off of, let me let me give you a little bit of color to it. It was coming off of 90 innings of a 25% K rate, 8% walk rate. 458 ERA wasn't great because of a home run issue, but if he could have unlocked, if he could have fixed that home run issue, a 122 whip isn't too bad. And there was talk of like, this guy could grow into something substantial. Yeah. And I mean, so there is talent in the arm. Like, I, I, I want, and I think in deeper leagues, he should be rostered probably yep. in every league. Uh, and I think he's a guy you put on your watch list and maybe play matchups with in, like, your 10s and 12s. Uh, it's stuff he's going to watch. I don't trust the health because dude has not been able to stay healthy. Uh, and he's on the Angels who don't like healthy pitchers. So. <laughs> I hate him. Uh, but they said he's going to stick in the rotation. Uh, you know, it's a six-man rotation, so, you know, or a, a six-day rotation. Yeah, it's, six it's, man, it's but, like a makeshift situation that they're doing there. Yeah, so, but I think he's a guy that you should be kind of keeping an eye on because, like, why can't he be this year's Kyle Wright? You exactly. know, a guy who had, like, yep. former prospect pedigree that had a lot of heat at one point, you know, I disappeared off, and then all of a sudden, like, wins 21 games or, you know, he probably not going to win 21 games, but like has no, just no, no, like no, this huge break. It. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like he could be this year's Kyle Wright uh, and no one would have talked about it. Yep. That's a really good comp uh, right down to the fact that like, yeah, he was, he was overlooked uh, as somebody uh, this year, you know, coming in with the way they run the rotation with the health that he's had or not had as it were. 
and all of a sudden, could he be that dude? I do think so. So Griffin Canning, I'm picking him up in deeper leagues. I'm probably picking him up in some 12s. He does strike me as one of those guys that probably should be on a roster. It might not be yours. You could easily have too good of a staff. But there's somebody in the 12-team league, especially with all the rash of injuries we had last week, that can use him because pitching wires just aren't that robust right now. And then 10s, he's probably a standard streamer right now, maybe a team streamer. But keep tabs on Griffin Canning. I really I- do like him. I mean, I, obviously, we need to see more than just one start because we've only seen one start yes. from him. But like, I really like how he's like he's kind of changed like his pitch mix, right? Like he's he's only throwing the fastball like twenty five percent of the time right now. He's really relying on the secondary stuff um, that will keep hitters off balance and hopefully kind of quell that home run rate, which has been an issue when he has been on the mound. Yep, sign sign me up for that with uh, uh, with Griffin Canning. Let's move over to Brad Keller. It was, he was picked up in some deep leagues here. He's showing some better skills, I guess. I don't know, 23% K rate, but the same swinging strike rates as usual. Home runs are being suppressed because he's got the ball on the ground per usual, and he's stranding everybody. So he has a 212 ERA and a 112 whip. Um, I, I'm not sure that it's going to stick, but there is a pitch mix change. You just talked about that with Canning. Mm-hmm. Can, uh, Keller has one too. He's cut his fastball rate down to 41%, down from 58, usually in the 60s for most of his career, 58 last year, down to 41, and he's added a curveball. Is Brad Keller somebody who's on your is radar? It, is right it a curveball or is it a sweeper? Like, I can't remember. It's, it's the, I think it's, it's the, the sweeper, sweeper, right? He's, the sweeper. He's swept up in the revolution, yes. He's throwing it 25% of the time. Like, it's yep. not like a, uh, it's not like just a, oh, I've got this pitch. You have to think about no, no, it every it, once in a while. It's like, a he's, thing. Yeah, he's throwing it a lot. Um, I mean, I, I still feel like this is all going to like come to a crashing halt as things warm up and the ball starts to fly a little bit more. But he's in I the perfect I location. More... Sorry, I, I wish I saw more swinging strikes for Keller. Yeah. Yeah. That would have me more encouraged. Um, do you like the park? protecting yeah, what you're saying yeah, yeah, about exactly. the, the weather help you know yeah. the you know kansas city is just a great place to pitch good division to pitch in even though it is a more balanced schedule like i i think he will probably get away with it more than he used to but i still think eventually like this does come crashing to a halt and like he's gonna have blow up outings at some point i tend to think so as well i was single digits on brad keller i couldn't really get Me too, too yeah. crazy there he was Yon on my Ol- list but i didn't get him anywhere yeah on my list but deep uh this guy was on my list last week but yohan oviedo uh still had some juice because he wasn't picked up everywhere for the pirates came over from the cards i liked him back with the cards live arm for sure i'm definitely in on the yohan oviedo train in deeper leagues 15 percent swinging strike rate so far generating a 24 percent k rate and this is most important six percent walk rate if there's any legitimacy to that and he can keep the walks down i think there can be something here now he does seem to be doing the old command for control trade-off here because he does have a one five homer nine so he's like filling the zone and uh not walking guys but it has maybe made him a little bit more homer prone but i think that's workable right it's a step forward and then you would make another adjustment and it's a 57 percent ground ball rate which is also a spike is johan oviedo somebody who has hit your radar in deeper leagues yeah he was actually kind of a, a late uh dc guy for me like mm-hmm. so uh he's uh he, uh, he's on a bunch of my DC teams, um, you know, that I got in like the 43rd, 44th round type of guy. Yeah, he was he was um, cheap. Oviedo yeah. was. I like him. I do worry about the homers becoming an issue, um, especially with how live we see the ball is right now. As things warm up, I think it's going to be even more live than they already are. 
Uh, and like you said, he's kind of, he's ringed in the control at the expense of his command a little bit. Uh, at least there'll only be solo shots, right? Because he's not yeah, walking that, a lot that's, of that's the thing, yep. And you're not starting him in Colorado, so this is with a guy that if yeah. you're picking up Oviedo, it was to immediately sit him, of course, because you don't want to take the shot in Colorado. I'm not that confident in him yet. But I do like him, and I think there's something working here that, you know, if he then starts to curb the homers with the control improvements, then Oviedo can really become something. Pittsburgh, not the best developing team, though, so there is some confidence. Uh, they have some interesting young pitchers, though. They do, like, though. They, they really you know, do. I mean... Luis Ortiz isn't even on the team right yeah. now. And then Keller, Rosie, Contreras, yeah, and yeah. Oviedo. Like, why they need Vincent Velasquez and, and No, Rich Hill's Rich, the real one, though. And Rich like, Hill. If you think you see something in Velasquez that maybe you can, you know, get 140 Just innings. like Make them a tandem, though. Like, don't, like... Don't like give away Luis Ortiz's spot on this roster for to start both Hill both and Velasquez. You're right because you right. know Rich Hill isn't going to go more than four innings anyways most You're right. nights. So they'd be a like, good why tandem. Why not? Why not just pair them up and then you can have Luis Ortiz on the roster? And like, I my my one of my big issues with like because I I was really high on Luis Ortiz early on Me in the draft season and then I started pumping the brakes. It's because like. What if they start doing what they did to Ronzi Contreras to Luis Ortiz? And I think they can do it to Oviedo as well, where it's like all of a sudden, like he gets sent down for no reason. Like he's pitching yep. fine and he's gone for a month. Um, and like I just worry that that is going to happen. So, like, I don't mind investing in Oviedo, knowing that if they send him down, I'm probably going to have to drop him. Yeah, I think that's what it would be. People took some time to learn that with Contreras last year because we kept waiting and you just realized you had to get rid of him so if Oviedo falls the victim to that as well then you ju you do just move on uh let's go to some guys that are picked up more in shallowies because they're not really available in in the deeper formats let's start with your boy in San Francisco JD Davis we kind of know what JD Davis is right he's a crusher he can absolutely smash the ball Jock Peterson hits the IL though so there's room for both VR and Davis now uh, instead of with with Jock being there, it's tougher for all three of them to fit. Is JD Davis somebody that you're interested? In? He's hitting four every day. He's playing third base. He's crushing, like I said, uh, 341, 391, 659, four homers. Is this is this another Brent Rooker situation? Is this better than Brent Rooker? Like where where are we at on JD Davis? Can I know that this is fraudulent and still be really upset that I didn't get any of it because like, sure. I was such a big J.D. Davis fan. I was yeah. such a big But, like, he just never got the opportunity in, in New York that he needed. Um, and when he went to San Francisco, I was all like, well, now he's going to be, like, short side platoon. Of course. And, like, and and he's just never going to play full time. But, like, I always knew the talent was in there for him to, like, be a 30 home run bat if he ever got the opportunity. Here's the thing. Like, he is who he is, though. Like, he's... Yeah. He's got a sub 80% zone contact rate when like 84, 85% is around, you know, usual around league average. Uh, he's swinging outside the zone over a third of the time. Uh, he's got like a 15% swinging strike rate, which is like down like, oh no, it's, it's literally exactly his career mark, uh, okay. but it's down from the last two seasons where he was at like 19 and 17. Um, he's going to strike out 30% of the time. He is going to hit a for a ton of power when he's playing the question is how long do the giants let him play for exactly 
And I think he's more uh, Jake Berger than Brent Rooker, by the way, as far as the comps of players sure, that we've already yeah. done. He's basically just an NL version yeah. of Jake Berger, which has value, but it's not a ton. And I think the shallow leagues are picking him up for a short term right now. You need to know if you're picking J.D. Davis up in a short term, uh, in a shallow league, that it is going to be a short term. I mean, just they've really got is. the exact same guy at the exact same position is, it, is the problem. They've yeah. got they've got VR like it's like yep. and so like they they're just gonna run with whoever's hot in that moment like both these guys are the same player like it's 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 even weird that they're both on the roster together like I I well, do wonder with if, Jock too not not the Jock plays well third, Jock's yeah. hurt so. Yeah, well, yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. That's why it creates. That's why mm-hmm. it opens up the door. Yeah, uh, VR's a righty as well, so they're both righties, and Jock takes the DH spots against mm-hmm. the strong side when he's healthy, but he's not right now. So that's why D- Davis and VR can both play. Uh, let's talk about Andrew McCutcheon. Well, actually, we already talked about him incidentally, so there's mm-hmm. a whole much bunch more to say. But are you picking him up in some shallower formats? Yeah, I think- maybe even tens. Sitting like third and fourth in this lineup, he's, <laughs> like cooking, he's playing man. every day. And what did I say? All draft. So I was going to say long, somebody right? told me that this uh, offense this isn't pirate, that bad. This Pirates offense is not as bad as people make it out. They're to nine be. and seven um, right now. Uh, even missing a piece right now, like it, it's still a pretty good offense. Uh, I mean, he's going to be a fun player to watch until he gets traded at the deadline. For I think they'll trade him. Why wouldn't that? He's, because he's a legacy they've traded, player. They've traded him before. I mean, that's When he true. was good. That's they true. traded that's him when true. he was great. That's like, true. why that's wouldn't true. they trade him when he's, like, old? I don't know. Now? I like, just figure if you bring him back, you're going to stick with it. But no, yeah, maybe maybe they're bringing him back to trade him yet again. Yeah. I think, get... I, here's, the, here's what I'll say. I think if he didn't want to be traded, that they wouldn't. I think that there's enough of a relationship there that if they're like, well, hey, we got to trade for you to here, are you interested? That he could say no. I, I think that they would. Would he say no, though? Like, I, I mean, don't know if, if he he's would. getting I'm traded, saying, he's going to a contender that has a chance to. He wants he, to win came a World back, Series. He came back to Pittsburgh, so he doesn't want a World Series that badly. He came he back did, to Pittsburgh so he could play full time. Okay, so then if you're going to go to a contender, unless they have an injury, and because whatever, they're he's probably, probably going to play full time. So all I'm saying is, I think it would be something that he would be in on if he got traded for McCutcheon. I think it'd be something where they would talk to him and be like, they don't care. Do you want this? They, they no, don't I, I, no, I disagree they, with you. This is I, a legacy player. I, I, I just, I totally think that he is somebody, he would be in on the process of him himself getting traded. Board bet, he's traded at the deadline. I'm not disputing that. I'm saying okay. that he's guaranteed to be a part of it if he is, which we can't prove. I just think, and I think if he doesn't want to, then they won't. Well, I'll tweet at him. I'll tweet okay, at him at the trade deadline. Are they asking you if you want to be traded? Yes. And if he if you can get a definitive answer, he's pretty active he on Twitter. Out of the process, then you can say that you want. He's a fantastic uh, TikTok follow. He's great. He's, he's yeah. such a good dude. Can't wait for him on TV after his career if that's what he chooses to do. Oh, absolutely. He's an electric he should, personality. Yeah, he he should be definitely on a on on one of the, like the big panels. Yeah, I love Kutch. Uh, P. Wizzy, Patrick Wisdom. I mean, th- this is the theme of today because he's he's definitely a Jake Berger, Brent Rooker. Yeah. But he is cooking right now. Six homers, ten oh eight OPS. Um, you just ride it while it's hot. Is it is it uh, shallow league worthy for you right now with Patrick Wisdom? Yeah, I mean, again, this is the old Dennis Green. He is who we thought he was, um, and teams are just letting him off the hook. Like he's, I mean, he's actually making like more contact than he's ever made in like a Cubs uniform, but it's still like four or five percent below league average. So and still a thirty-one percent K rate. Like yeah, and only seven percent walks. Like 
it's not different he's just hot so again yeah. you can ride it but it this is very short term if you're picking him up in shallow i think even if you picked him up in deeper that it's short term with uh um with patrick wisdom i really don't think that he necessarily <laughs> is somebody who's gonna be held all year he's got six home runs and nine rbis and they're not even that bad i guess no like not i don't know anybody on in front yeah. of him <laughs> it's just like uh, wisdom's coming up i'm gonna strike out right here here is the total opposite player, though. Harold Ramirez for the Rays, starting to get some shallow league burn. He's kind of like Yandy Diaz, who, by the way, I'll acknowledge Yandy Diaz of old because Yandy Diaz this year has found some lift and he's got some pop. But pre, pre that pop, and we'll see if it sticks, Harold Ramirez is similar where it's like he's a good batting average, doesn't strike out, never really has much pop. He himself, Harold Ramirez, does have three homers so far, though. Half of what he put up last year in 10x as many plate appearances. Is this a is this a growth opportunity for Harold Ramirez or a hot streak? And then he'll go homerless for 40 games soon. Okay, so he is a career 10% homer to fly ball rate guy. He's at 25% right now. Like, he's not even like... that's going to stick. Yeah, he's not even, like, putting the ball in the air a ton. I mean, more than he normally does, but it's still 35% of the time, you know, 50% ground ball rate. Like, yeah, this is just, like, a um, a kind of luck situation, hot streak situation. Uh, I mean, I don't even want to call it, like, a hot streak situation because it's, like, you know, yeah, a quarter of his fly balls are going out right now. That's just going to yeah. stop. So, like... Yeah, I think he can get good batting average, and he's playing regularly. Um, I've got him rostered in some deeper leagues uh, because he's gonna play a fair amount. Uh, but yeah, are you I, riding not in a, shallow leagues with Harold Ramirez? Like picking sure, him up why not? And just saying, yeah. right away. I mean, him. I don't know if I really want to pick him up. I just think there's so much better fantasy juice in in the shallower formats. Like, like there's gotta be. Yeah, I just I, but he was picked no. up a decent bit, so that's why I included him here. John Birdie getting picked up more lately too, because uh, I guess he's hit a few homers weirdly enough. But uh, he's back to running again. He's he's four for four on the bases. Oh, just one homer. Um, I still I don't think he's a good hitter, and I don't think he's going to be anywhere near what he was last year. I guess if you're desperate for steals, sure, but there has to be somebody better on the wire. But he was picked up in a in a decent number of shallow leagues, so I brought up John Birdie for that reason. Are you picking him up anywhere? No, I don't. I don't care. Like I okay, mean, yeah, I don't buy him at all. I mean, you're you're talking about a guy like right now. If to get those stolen bases, which you can get in other places this year, mm -hmm. uh, you're eating a 240 batting average, like exactly, and a 60 WRC plus, yeah, a 269 on base percentage. He walks four. He's walking four percent of the time and hitting, you know, two forty. No thanks. Yeah, pass. The only thing is, is he might play because he's a better defender than Joey Wendell, and because Joey Wendell's on the IL. Yeah, primarily. But but that's actually a negative because then you're eating all yeah. of that batting average. You like, almost like him as a sub to come in like pinch run, maybe get mm -hmm. one at bat, and then John Birdie can still get you the steals because then like because he, he can still get you a high volume without starting every day. So you're mm -hmm. right, it actually is a negative that he's playing. Good call. Let's go to the pitchers that have been picked up in some shallower formats. Brad Boxberger, um, there was a Michael Fulmer blown save, and then two. Boxberger got a two, and then Boxberger got the one on Sunday. Fulmer did pitch the eighth in that game, though, so I don't think Fulmer's, like, cooked. But I understand the guy comes in and gets a save, especially a Sunday save. He's going to be more popular. Are you in on Boxberger shares, and are you out on Fulmer? Double-edged, double, edge, double no, I, Matt, there. I think Fulmer's going to be fine. I just, I think you so, know. too. I, he's just, he's just a better pitcher. Would you pick up pitcher. Box, though? 
or do you think it's going to be like Fulmer's yeah, gonna maybe be the man, maybe or you think the more split? Maybe I'd handcuff Fulmer uh, just for the next week or two, just to make sure in case yeah. it does switch hands. But I mean, I think Fulmer's just the superior pitcher at this point in both of their careers. I agree. No, I I, t- I totally agree there. We don't need to go much deeper than that. Uh, let's go back out to your San Francisco Giants. Alex Wood actually just traded from for him this uh, this morning. Made a little little deal in tout to get Alex Wood, solid pitcher. Obviously, when he's healthy, he's getting picked up a bit more. He's got seven and two thirds of a one seventeen ERA, but a one fifty seven WHIP. I know that you're scared because of uh, your team's defense, which I totally get. I'm not worried about the big walk rate spike that he has. It's five walks in his two starts for Alex Wood. But where are you generally, now that you've seen a couple weeks, is the defense as bad as you thought? Is it worse? Are you still, like, nervous of the Alex's, Cobb, and Wood? Where do you stand on on the Giants and specifically Wood? Yeah, I'm still nervous. Because, uh, I mean, I think it is still bad. Like, I, um, that being said... They've got so many good pitchers. I know. Uh, they're wasting so many of them with that shit defense. Descofani's yeah. looking great. That, Manaya yeah. has had some ups and downs. I think Manaya's going to end up just being a bullpen piece to strengthen that bullpen. Because the bullpen has been really bad. Yeah. Um, he could be awesome in the pen, though. And they I got think, Stripling in the pen right now, though, too. Yeah. I, 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 well, I, think, I think Stripling should be a starter, and I think Manaya should be uh, in, in the pen. Um, Manaya should come out of the pen for Stripling and Descalfani with regularity, pitch two to three innings. Yeah. Split them up in the rotation so he's not going back-to-back days, of course. Yep. And I think that'd be a great way to use Manaya. I, uh, but- I, that's exactly what I would do. As far as Wood goes, like, I mean, Wood's a guy I've always really liked when he's healthy. Right now yep. he's healthy. I'm rolling with him. Two-step uh, this week, too, at Miami, yeah. home to the Mets. A perfect two-step. Like, so I think I that, mean, that works. The tough, yeah. part, the tough part of it's at home with the Mets, mm-hmm. and you get to go to Miami. So I like that yeah. for Alex Wood. Uh, what about Kyle Bradish returning from the IL from his foot issue? He got hit with a batted ball. He had a rehab start at Bowie. He's back. He's facing Washington this week. Are you going for Kyle Bradish? Yeah, I threw him into my lineup. Uh, Me too. So uh, in, in the majority of the spots where I have him, uh, I'm really hoping, you know I mean? This is a guy you and I both really liked coming into mm-hmm. uh, or during draft season and into the season. It was a bummer to see him get hurt early. But he came back really quickly. So if he got dropped in your league, I think he is a guy you really want to pick up right now. Yeah, Bradish sets up for a two-step next week. I say sets up specifically because we're seeing some weather uh, on the east and, and Midwest right now. So if something happened to that Washington game, that would throw the two-step out of out of sorts because uh, then he'd probably get pushed to Friday because they have an off day Thursday. Only five games this week for Baltimore. But well, I mean, that- they, they, they may end up just pitching on or uh, playing it on thursday then right i mean oh yeah that's a good point but that would got, still that would still day, push him so. off kilter though one two three four no never mind no no yeah wouldn't. it'd be fine you're right you're yeah. right so if they just played it the next day then that would actually be fine great call but yeah cal bradish definitely in go pick him up where he's available in your shallow leagues what about braxton garrett a guy that's getting some buzz in the shallower formats as well penciled in right now to face at cleveland this weekend or this uh well i guess friday i kind of count friday as the weekend but on friday what do you think of braxton garrett is he somebody who can stick and be a shallow league viable arm consistently i think so like i don't think he's got a ton of upside necessarily but like i do think he could be a middle of the rotation kind of guy uh short term and long term uh he looked pretty good against arizona so uh yeah, I, th- I I was worried he wasn't going to have a rotation spot, but it looks like he's got one sewn up right now. So 
um, I think he should be rostered probably in every format at this point. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, team streamer, uh, mm-hmm. I think in, in the shower formats for Braxton Garrett, like I'll take the start this week at Cleveland, but I'll then sit him next week at Atlanta, but I don't yeah. want to let my league get a shot at him because I do think he can be somebody who's pretty darn good. Uh, and I love pitching in Miami, you know, having guys that pitch down there. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how good the strikeouts are going to be. I mean, he pitches a lot to contact. Strike rate's only around 10%, but I think he can be, you know, he, he, he hasn't been walking guys. Uh, he, you know, he's not like a big home run kind of guy. He's got really good command. So, um, like, I think he could be a really solid ratio helper, um, in a good park that already helps protect your ratios. Absolutely. That's uh, Braxton Garrett. And we'll finish with Matt Strom, who, uh, is pitching for Philly, trying to kind of expand his, uh, uh, stamina here and get built up, but is he going to get built up just to get taken out of the rotation? That's kind of my concern with Matt Strom. Do you think he can stick, and would you be picking him up in shallower formats? Who would they be putting in the rotation over him? Suarez. Oh, yeah, I guess. And then Falter's pitching pretty well. Mm-hmm. He hasn't um, faltered. To where he went, yeah, he has not faltered, so then he wouldn't exactly get kicked out. And we talked a bit about him, uh, actually, on Friday, so this is kind of a... Uh, recall on Strom, but I'm just wondering if you think he's shallowly viable because we talked about him as a deep league guy. Oh, no, it was not Friday. It was last Monday because he was the deep league pickup last week, so we're revisiting Strom now as a shallow league pickup. Are you still liking him there? Because I think we said some positive things about him for the deep pickups. What about I I wasn't really in on him, mostly because he wasn't going to go deep enough to win games. And you really need that in the shallower format. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm still probably not in on him. Uh, I think in deeper formats, he's one of those guys that could be a piggybacker, especially, you know, who knows how deep Suarez is going to be able to go, come, you know, when he first, you know, gets going and stuff like that, uh, it, you know, and then Falter can, can be a guy that maybe Strom kind of, you know, follows up on, even though he's a lefty. So, so um, Suarez, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe Walker. Like if Walker goes yeah. four or five, Strom comes in in those middle innings, pitches two to three, and then he could be a sneaky guy for deep leagues. I do think if you picked him up this week for a shallow league against Colorado at home, I got no problem with that, but this is very short-term for shallow yeah, formats. Yeah, I do. Too. I, I just don't know true. what kind of innings you're going to get from Matt Strom. Who, I mean, who knows? Because like, I mean, this is you know a team full of guys that, you know, it's not like Suarez has been the healthiest guy. No. Mueller's definitely not been the healthiest guy. Walker's definitely not been the healthiest like, so he could find himself back in the rotation here at some point. Exactly, exactly. It's not completely over for Strom. And maybe if Strom proves himself, Ranger Suarez is not somebody who automatically forces you out of the rotation. And I like I like Suarez a bit, but I agree with I agree with that there too. So those are some of the guys that we're looking at. If they had any pickups that you had questions about, hit us in the comments or on Twitter. Uh, a little bit of a schedule situation this week. Uh, there will be a second episode. We don't know exactly what it'll be, but it won't be mm-hmm. us together because I'll be gone on Friday. So it'll either be me doing a solo or a guest or J- uh, Justin doing a guest episode. So And then I will, uh, I apologize. Jason had to cancel last minute uh, for uh, the Sunday episode, but I'm going to start booking guests. Oh, if there's someone you want to hear, especially someone who's never been on the pod before or hasn't been on in a long time, 
let me know and I'll, I'll start booking signing guests that way when Jason's traveling or it's got something going on. I, I still have someone to roll with because uh, unlike Paul, I'm not good at the solo episodes. I'm not, <laughs> you're not going to hear me ever do a solo episode on this podcast platform. <laughs> well, 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 we'll see if, if people think it's good or not, but I, I'm, I am going to be like, I, like, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, like I, I mean, I'm always super, super impressed. Uh, my, my biggest fear is having to talk in front of a group of people by myself. By yourself. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I guess like, I don't, I definitely don't mind doing that. So yeah, yeah it'll no. either be that or a guest episode, but you will have a second one on the feed. Um, and then you and I will reconvene next Monday. All right, man, take, take care. Take it easy.